Welcome to the very lush gold class Cinema 3 at the Jam Factory. That's where you find yourself as we record the Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Night School sees Kevin Hart go to night school with night school teacher Tiffany Haddish. I think it's about night school. Survival is never certain. Oh, yeah, everyone loves a dog movie, and Alpha is about the very first dog. I'm not trying to tell you anything. I just want you to look at... They published my cartoon, you... And people are saying, don't worry, he won't get far on foot, is one of Joaquin Phoenix's best, one of Jonah Hill's best, and one of director Gus Van Sant's best. We'll find out why in a moment. Hello, hello, welcome. Hello, my name is Kyron Wheatley and I've seen heaps of movies, but none of those. Luckily, Vary McIntyre and Michael Campbell both have. So we'll talk about all of those and we'll give away a Village Cinema's Gold Class double pass a little later on. Welcome to night school. We need to cram four years of high school into a semester. Study group, study group, study group. Yes. So Tiffany Haddish is known for a stand-up spot on I think it was Jimmy Kimmel's show that was superb. Also Girls Trip, which was a hit last year. And Kevin Hart is known for his world tours and his international comedy specials and a few films from about 2014 like Get Hard with Will Ferrell and Ride Along with Ice Cube. And this feels like it could be one of those comedies where they've slapped two famous people together and are hoping for some chemistry. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it could. We haven't seen this one, but I feel even from the trailers that they do have chemistry on screen. So Kevin Hart has to go back to school, night school that is. I think we've established that. So he can pass his GED and finish high school along GED with this. being like? Just the high school yeah. certificate so he can be a real adult. And Tiffany Haddish plays the teacher and she has some unconventional methods. So right. just a bit of goofy So it's your, your classic has to go back to school. Like, yeah, I can think of yeah. some Adam Sandler movies. The Billy Madison movie is like the, I guess, the further of this premise that he goes back to primary school. Yeah. But in this, he he wants to become a like a day trader, like a stock guy. So this one's believable. Is that what yeah. you're saying? <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> this is the gritty, grounded version of Billy Madison. Yeah. Obviously, there's kind of two reasons I think anyone will see this movie. One is Kevin Hart and the other is Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. I think it's purely on their shoulders. Like the premise isn't the most original thing you've ever heard. But it's purely just like the charm of those leads. Yeah. That is the what's gonna get people in. They call them fishy out of waters, don't they? Yeah. Where they like throw a character into a world where they're not really meant to be. Yeah. And then hopefully hilarity ensues. You're the best salesman I've ever seen. I can see you being a stockbroker like me. Can't you give me a job? I wish I could. My boss won't let me hire a dropout. Look at Mark Zuckerberg. He dropped out of Harvard. You dropped out of Piedmont High. Kevin Hart is is a really interesting case. He's arguably, I guess, the the bigger movie star at the moment. And Tiffany Haddish is right on that precipice of being, I guess, the equivalent. But where Kevin Hart started. So the, the best comparison I can think of is Tyler Perry, who's a name that you may not have even heard of. Yeah, no. Tyler Perry is a huge star in America. He's written, directed, and starred in over 20 films. All his films start with Tyler Perry's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got his own production company. He's got a net worth of over half a billion dollars. He's a mm. huge deal. But... His movies played a very specific audience and he's not interested in anything other, which is predominantly a black Christian audience. That's the audience he goes for. And Kevin Hart, when he Christian first... Christian specifically. Well, yeah, his movies got a lot of Christian themes to them. Yeah, uh, right. But Kevin Hart, when he first started out, he had a bunch of hits like Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man 2, The Wedding Ringer, <laughs> which 
you're so probably it was also funny where you're like had a number of hits. <laughs> well, that's... like this one, and that... then also its sequel. Yeah. <laughs> You've probably never heard of them because they didn't release here because right. like Tyler Perry, they thought, well, he has his audience. He's only got this kind of limited range. Yeah. And he's very much against the idea that comedy is quote unquote black comedy. He said, you know, there's no white comedy. There's no difference between that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think what he wisely did is then just paired up with other huge comedy names like, like Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Um, he started with The Rock in Central Intelligence with Ice Cube and Ride Along. And he kind of broke out of that mold. And has mm. become a huge star. And I think that's what Tiffany Haddish is right on the precipice of doing as well. Yeah, to promote the movie, I know that Kevin Hart went on the Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show and they went to a high school in Queens. They did like a maths and a science class and gym <laughs> and stuff. And there's this clip, and it's really funny, and Jimmy Fallon tries to impress the teacher by bringing an apple and presenting it to them. And then Kevin Hart comes along with a basket of apple products. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't know if you like apple, so I just go, eat them all. <laughs> just hands this basket of stuff. You did the black voice thing with him? It's not a black voice. It's not a black voice. You don't remember when you was in that meeting, you was like, we gonna get it lit up in here, this meeting lit. It was very lit. I keep it 100. When have I ever not kept it 100? Mm. What is exciting about this film, with Tiffany Haddish specifically, her big breakout was Girls Trip, which came out mm. last year. That was the one that kind of made people stand up and notice her. And this is the same director as Girls Trip. So in that way, I think he knows what makes Tiffany Haddish kind of pop. Yeah, this is only her second feature film as a main character, isn't it? Yeah, but she's one of those people that's like this crazy talent. She hosted one episode of Saturday Night Live mm. and then won the Emmy for Best Host of a Variety Show yeah. for the one episode wow. she was in. Yeah. She's got yeah, that kind of thing about her. Like that's and as I said in the intro, like her spots are renowned. She's mm. an excellent comedian. She yeah, and she is. Like super energetic and charismatic, and I think it's it's fantastic. Especially, there's this kind of outdated stereotype that women can't be funny, and that's how it used to always be seen in like the '80s and whatnot. Mm. And I love that the barriers are broken down, and now I really hope that she becomes Kevin Hart level movie star to prove that it's just ridiculous. You're the night school teacher? No, I'm just the bitch that like to wear blouses. Yes, I'm the night school teacher. Let's do some introductions. Hey, yo, what up? I'm Bobby. We can Skype into the class. Yeah, if you're doing time at the Georgia Correctional Facility. You're next. My name's Jalen. How about you, ma'am? I dropped out of high school, so I wanted to get my GED before they have to live in Randy's parents' laundry room. My name is Luis. I'm going to become a singer-songwriter. Oh, like Julio Iglesias? No. Not like Julio Iglesias. Ooh, it's going to be a long semester. That's what's up. So who should see this film? I think if you are a Girls Trip fan, um, it's very much that same style of humor, same director, a few of the same cast. So if that was your style of thing, if you like that American kind of comedy, uh, this is for you. And fans of Kevin Hart as well. He's so hilarious and very energetic on screen as well. And I think they look like they're doing a really good job together. father always told me survival is never certain and when there are no more leaders to follow you must become one red dog Marley and Me, we love a dog film. I mean, there are eight Beethoven movies and no less than 14 Air Bud movies. And let's go through them now. Air Bud <laughs> Golden Receiver, Air Bud World Pup, Air Bud Spikes Back. That's about volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> but none of them could, keep be, going. <laughs> could be possible if it weren't for 
Alpha. Tell me why. You're very right. Alpha is about the very first domesticated dog. It's set in prehistoric Earth, prehistoric humans, wolves. It's about Kedda, who's played by Australian Cody Smith-McPhee. What's he been in? He, I guess, most famously is Nightcrawler in the newer X-Men movies. But originally, uh, Romulus, My Father, the Australian oh, that's film. That's what I'm thinking The of. Road. He's, yep. he's been the around. The Road. That's what I'm thinking. Yes, of. yes. That very yeah. bleak, depressing movie. See, I know things. <laughs> You've seen movies, just yeah. not these ones. Uh, so he is separated from his tribe during a bison hunt and is injured. And he found himself in a shelter with, with a similarly injured wolf. And it's the story of, obviously, they used to always be predatory towards each other, how they see vulnerability in each other and how it becomes his dog. I get teary and... I was going to say, I'm going to cry at this for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I get teary at animal movies especially like dog movies. And I got emotional just from the trailer. Like we haven't seen this yet. So all we've seen is the trailer and I'm really excited for it. I love adventure films and I love historical films as well. So I'm really excited for this one. How have they gone with the graphics? Because, you know, going winding back to prehistoric times, they've obviously had to adjust things a little bit. Does it look from the yeah. trailer, does it look like it's going to be a realistic beautiful film. The shots are beautiful. The cinematography looks amazing. Wide open spaces. They filmed in Canada. So there is a lot of landscape to use there. In fact, there was even a delay of an entire year on this film just so they could make sure everything was polished because when you're expanding, you know, you might have a a bit of forest that looks great, but they want to expand these landscapes prehistoric earth so they took an entire year more than they originally planned mm-hmm. to just to, work to get on that like right. graphics and things exactly just to, to get it, it right bigger. yeah right it looks like it's something that if you like national geographic where they give you those wide open mm. spaces of yep. of beautiful <laughs> any nude women because <laughs> uh, i know that's what most people <laughs> went to national geographic for back in the oh. time <laughs> no oh, no this is family friendly so it's that conventional boiner's dog movie yep. but it has that little bit something different, I guess, as well, because even though it is promoted as like a kid-friendly movie, with those sweeping landscape shots and the language that they use is made up for the film, so they don't speak in English, some unknown language, and it uses subtitles. So there is a bit of reading there. So maybe for younger kids, not might not be suitable, but it's also going to appeal for an older audience. Well, as I imagine well. as well, it's probably quite a silent film if it's just mm. one boy and his By dog. By reports... Not a lot of dialogue from kind of 15 minutes in or so when this incident mm. happens that he gets removed from his tribe. It's it's him and a dog. And, I mean, you're not really going to mm. talk out loud to an animal if you're the only one around. Yeah. So it is. It's so good that the film doesn't have to rely purely on dialogue to tell a story. I think it's a sign of a true filmmaker that you can understand exactly what is happening plot-wise, story-wise, character-wise without anyone having to say anything. I am worried that the dog will die <laughs> because every dog film that I've ever seen, except for the Air Bud sports movies, I, you know, they, it's, there's always tears at the end. I have the website for you. Have you ever visited doesthedogdie.com? I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, no. it's, it's, it's a legitimate website and it's for parents that, that if, they don't wanna, if they don't want their kids to see a tragic animal dying, you go on and you type in a movie and it, I mean, it'll spoil the movie for you, obviously, but yep. it tells you whether or not the dog dies. It's <laughs> great. I don't know if the dog dies, but I do know that a couple of buffalo had to be killed for this from a beef jerky farm. So very humanely, but there is like a skinning scene. 
Oh, so the, the it does, tribe. So yeah. like when you're talking about a kid friendly movie, it really yeah. is probably twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's PG rated, so it, mm. the skinning scene's not going to be too gruesome and too in yeah. your face. But obviously, they yeah they had to skin a buffalo, mm. and because we didn't get the chance to see it, it's been pretty locked down. This movie, it got me thinking about like prehistoric Earth movies and. They've been of varying quality, I think it's yeah. safe to say. And I actually went through all the ones from recent memory I could remember, 10,000 BC, year one, all the way back to one year million. Year one. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the way back to- They didn't to, go for realism, did they? No, they didn't. That, yeah. That, 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 comedy movie, that Jack uh, Black Michael Sarah, Jack Michael Black. Michael Sarah, Jack Black. I went all the way back to one million. They didn't take a year to spend on <laughs> graphics to make it look good. I went all the way back to one million BC with Carl Welsh. And this is, by a fair margin, the highest rated movie of all of them. Uh, the, they, they average between 8% for 10,000 BC to 60% fresh. This is certified 82%. This is on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, my background of film and, and writing is in that old historical like folklore and fairy tales and things like that. So I really appreciate when someone does a film that's set in the Ice Age, like pre history that they actually make it more realistic they don't make it a comedy they don't make it like so fantastical that humans are running next to mammoths that are next to pyramids and and things (laughs) like that that they've actually done some work and some research into this and made it more gritty and realistic so other than cody's family who should see this movie it's funny you mentioned cody's family oh yeah the cinema i used to work at the auntie of cody's mcfee every time he had a movie at with that fail, would come into wow. the cinema, say, my nephew's in this, Cody Smith-McPhee. <laughs> so I, I look forward to Mrs. it. Mrs. Smith-McPhee. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so she'll um, be seeing it. Who else should? I, it seems like an, a nice kind of, I guess, a family movie, which is a weird thing to think, a prehistoric Earth movie. But if you're looking for something that will entertain the whole family, maybe slightly more mature children, yeah, maybe 10 or so and up, I think this is the one for you. Yeah, if you love any of those adventure action movies, anything with animals, if you love dogs. Or Canada. <laughs> yeah. If you just want to see where to go in Canada, this is it. Yeah, and that's doesthedogdie.com just yeah. in case you need it. Also in cinemas this week, another Australian film, Ladies in Black. Rachel Taylor is wonderful in that film. Speaking of Jack Black, House with a Clock in Its Walls, Smallfoot about Bigfoot. And legitimately an awesomely funny movie. Ron Atkinson as well in Johnny English. Yeah, the anti-James Bond. You can hear about all of those by clicking on the previous episode in whatever podcast app you're in right now. Hello. Hey, uh, is this Donnie? Yeah, who's this? Hey, Donnie, this is John Callahan. I'm the neon cripple from outer space. Oh, the man with the tangerine hair? Well, I always thought of my hair as electric orange. But, yeah, that's me. Uh, look, I got your number off the board. I'm calling because I need a sponsor. I do have a lot of piglets at the moment. What are piglets? I need a sponsor. My sponsees are piglets. <laughs> That's funny. Gus Van Sant, you know, is the director of Milk and Goodwill Hunting. He's also directed a lot of music concert films too in his time, from David Bowie and Elton John and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And once, just once, he did a shot-for-shot remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho starring Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Weird. So he has a diverse directing background with some highlights and some lowlights. For example, a shot-for-shot remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho starring Vince Vaughn. (laughs) But people have been saying his latest is his best film yet. So what's it about? Well, this is based on the memoir by the cartoonist John Callahan, who passed away in 2010. 
It's about how he was paralyzed. He became a quadriplegic through a car accident because he had a heavy drinking problem. And he's helped to come to terms with this through a relationship he has with this girl, Anu, who's played by Rooney Mara, and his AA sponsor, Donnie, who's played by Jonah Hill. And he eventually discovers he has this talent for drawing funny and often controversial cartoons. I think like most Gus Van Sant films, if you've followed his filmography, this is a performance film more than it is like a story film. The story is essentially John Callahan's like... He loves taking people to the best actor, Oscar. Robin Williams, uh, Sean Penn. He's done it multiple times. Yeah. It's essentially about his struggle with alcoholism and sobriety, and it jumps back and forth in time a lot. The plot is kind of neither here nor there, really. It's very character-driven, very performance-driven. It is very fragmented, and we've talked a lot about movies that make use of flashbacks, so this non-linear timeline. But this one does it in such an interesting way that you you don't feel like you're being told it's a flashback, which can get very annoying and pervasive in other types of films. So it goes between him meeting Jack Black's character who's driving the car in which he has the accident and then forward to his relationship with Anu, his physical therapist, and then even further forward where he's giving a speech at this award ceremony for his cartoons and he's telling the story to the audience that we then see is the movie. So it's this interesting sort of like story within a story. The last day that I walked, I woke up without a hangover. Ah, pretty groovy day, huh? I knew I had an hour or so of grace before the... The withdrawal symptoms set in. And that was it. Keep them coming, bro. Dexter had mistaken the light pole for an exit and slammed into it at 90 miles an hour. How's the cast? The cast list is strong. Like, it's all names that we know. Jonah Hill, Joaquin Phoenix, Rooney Mara. Yeah, you did mention that some people have said it's Joaquin Phoenix's best performance. I wouldn't say that. I'd say Jonah Hill is the standout for me in this one. He is... He's got the beard and the long hair. Brilliant. He plays John Callahan's sponsor for AA. And he just characterizes this person so beautifully and something I've never seen Jonah Hill do because you know him from all these silly comedy movies. Mm. Well, that's why some people forget that Jonah Hill is a two-time Academy Award nominated <laughs> yeah, actor. Yeah. Moneyball. And when he really mm. tries, he is great. And I agree with you. When he, he really tries. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> when when he not those silly comedies that he phones <laughs> in. Like have you ever all seen, time. Have you ever super seen bad The author. Sitter? Yeah. No, I haven't seen the sitter. Yeah, I would keep it that way. Okay. <laughs> but when he sinks, wasn't nominated for the sitter. <laughs> well, he wasn't. Okay. When he sinks his teeth into something, mm. he's he's so much better than I think people give him credit for. And mm. he's like this weird amalgamation of like a surfer dude, like a Californian surfer dude, and like a Liberace. Yeah, <laughs> it's really decadent and flamboyant. And he also sort of made a decision to get hot at some point, <laughs> didn't he? What? There was like a turning. Did, did anyone notice that? There was like a moment where it was like, no, I'm I'm going to be like a Hollywood superstar now. I don't know if you've seen him recently. He's all tatted up. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's because he's become a director now. He's, he's very artsy. Oh, right. He's all tatted up. He's got a shaved head. He's wearing cool Robert Downey Jr. style glasses. Whereas Joaquin Phoenix goes into these sorts of roles like John Callahan and is just dirties himself up. He's got this <laughs> long, shaggy hair, um, unkempt appearance. Film, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, He's looked worse. That's true. (laughs) But the character of John Callahan himself just wallows in his own self-pity. He blames his problems on everyone else. He blames his drinking problem on his mother. 
He uses other people, basically just keeps them around for whatever they can do for him. He's not a nice character. He annoyed me so much. And that's not to say that I didn't like the film, but I was just so annoyed with his character. He didn't shy away from showing that this character is horrible and flawed and broken. And even on the, the idea of performance, one that really surprised me actually was Jack Black. So the, mm. he's only really in two scenes. He's, he's very minimal. And the first scene, he is classic Jack Black, right? The, I think we talked about before, there's two Jack Blacks. And mm. you see them both. The second scene is quite a weighty, dramatic scene. And he really nails it. I was, I mean, I, 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 it's, I, I feel bad for saying that sometimes you don't expect much from someone. And he really surprised me with how much he landed quite a weighty, dramatic scene. And then on the other side of the coin is Rooney Mara, who is a brilliant actress And she's just, I think, used as a plot device in this one. I think she needed a bigger role, definitely. Yeah. She's the girlfriend of John Callahan, and she doesn't get any backstory or anything. She just kind of appears a couple of times. She certainly has, like, the most thankless of all the roles because, Mm. yeah, you're right. Donnie is quite explored. Uh, Jack Black's character, Dexter, is quite explored even in his two scenes. But she is just also there. So I think she had the the toughest role to make something out of. And I think she does the best that you, you can do. Mm. With a role as limited as that, but there really isn't that much room for her character in the in the story that they've written. I'm gonna go see this one for sure. Who who should see this? I think if you're, a, I think Gus Van Sant fans, you're in for a classic Gus Van Sant mm. character exploration, I suppose. So yeah. if like Milk was your thing, you'll probably like. Don't worry, you won't get far from it. It's a dark comedy, and it's sometimes hard to watch. There's some really serious scenes in it as well. Uh, I think you have to be in a certain mood for it. You need to be like in a good headspace, I guess, because it's like pretty full on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not that it isn't funny, but also it will kind of rip the rug out from under you at certain points. For your chance to win a Village Cinema's Gold Class Double Pass, go to Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment on the Cinema Crew post answering the question, what animal do you want to domesticate? And use the hashtag for Cinema Crew. Next week, a Spider-Man movie that doesn't feature Spider-Man. Also, what if Ocean's Eleven was four people stealing $12 million worth of books and it was a true story? We'll talk about The Seagull, that old Chekhov play that most people have only seen because their nephew is in a school production. Well, now it's a major motion picture starring Saoirse Ronan and Annette Bening and Elizabeth Moss from Handmaid's Tale and Mad Men. So I'll be skipping the NIDA showcase and going to that. Until then, thanks, Cambo. Thank you. Thanks, Vari. Cheers. I'm Kyron Wheatley, and we'll see you, or at least you'll hear us, next week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.